Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Um, headed off to Tennessee last week during their spring break, and uh, there's a church there. And um, I'm not even sure the name of the church, but I know that the pastor's name is Josh Hanna. Phenomenal church. And uh, Pastor Steve went there to just spend some time with Josh Hanna and spend some time with his family. And so he knew he was going to be gone, and he asked me to speak. So you're stuck with me this morning. I want you all to know that uh, not very many youth ministries have praise and worship like that. But that's what we have every Wednesday. We didn't call in some ringers. That's my band that plays on Wednesday nights. Would you give them a hand? My team does an amazing job. I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful to have them. And uh, God's brought us a long ways. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we started at Landsbrook Event Center, Passion Church did, almost five years ago now. And uh, Seth will remember this, but we used to section off a part in the youth ministry and we used to bring in about 20 chairs and uh, my man Aaron Palacioso was on the drums would play the acoustic guitar and one person sang that's how we started with about seven teenagers and God's done some amazing things in the youth ministry and I'm just so thankful for what God's doing in this place and through this place in the area of youth ministry so I am going to preach to you and I'm going to finish up Pastor Steve's sermon series that he was doing about understand. And so I'm going to recap for you in case you happen to have forgot or in case you weren't here, in case you missed some of it. But Pastor Steve first talked about that found people find people. And that then he talked about saved people serve people. And then converted people change. And then last week he talked about graced people are generous. And uh, he's been preaching the house down, and uh, it's been very, very, very good. But this morning, I want to talk to you about something that I believe is very, very important, and I believe it's something that we struggle with, and I'll get to that at the end. But this morning, I want to talk to you about that Christian people connect. Tap your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. All right, because if you don't have faith that it's going to be good, it ain't going to be no good. Amen? So Pastor Steve talked about our mission and our mode and our mindset and our means. They all start with M's. So no pressure for me this morning. But this morning I'm going to talk to you, and this is funny, but it's okay. It starts with an M. That's all that matters. I'm going to talk to you about your mingle today. All right? And um, so we're going to read some scriptures to get started with you so that you'll know that this is God's word and not my word. Say amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another. All the Texas fans, Spurs fans in the house, I know there's a few say amen. Spur is in the Bible right there, San Antonio Spurs. But let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
And then in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30 says this, how could one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? See, I love that scripture because it talks about that one sends a thousand. But it talks about two sins, not 2,000, not 3,000, not 5,000. We're not doing addition. My God is into multiplication because two sins, 10,000. Ten times as much just by adding one person. And that's how our God operates. But sadly, in our life, sometimes it's not how we operate. It's very easy to live our life and just worry about me and my family and to not be connected. And But I want you to understand this morning that God has called us as Christians that we have to be connected one to another. One to another, we have to be connected. You can't just come to church and say, oh, I've done my good deed. No, you got to understand, we got to be connected with some people, all right? So I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to stretch you right now. I'm going to ask you right now to get up and go sit by somebody that you ain't ever sat before, sat by before in this church. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Get up, move. Get up, move. Go. Go sit by somebody. Take your family. Go sit by somebody and enjoy it. Come on, I see some mingling going on. This is what I like to see. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. You know what? There's not a person in this room that's not smiling. It's because mingling is fun and starts with an M. All right, so I, wanted to, I just want to tell you this morning that we as Passion Church, we are committed to both large and small groups. That's how you connect. That's the reason that God set up the church is so that we could connect one to another. So that we didn't have to fight alone. So that we didn't have to go face this world alone. I mean, anybody in the house glad that you don't got to do it by yourself? I'm thankful that I have not had to fight the fight I've fought by myself. But we are committed to this is the large group. Understand that Sunday morning, Wednesday nights is the large group. We are committed to this. We are going to encourage you and, 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 and express to you how important this time is. But at the same time, we're going to look at small groups and how important small groups are. See, the scriptures that I just read, and you can look all the way throughout scripture, and it tells you that church is important. See, I hear, man, I'm not going to get on my soapbox, Brother Brian. I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to move on. But I'm so sick and tired of hearing people that say, oh, I'm Christians, but I don't need the church. What? I'm not getting on my soapbox, but I want to. You don't need the church? Or I hear Christians saying that they don't like the church. 
I say, that's all right. Jesus came for the church. So if you don't like the church, you don't like, I'm not, get, I'm not going there. I'm not going to go there. But the church is important. And we value this time together. We don't take it lightly. Listen, we, 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 Pastor Steve and myself and the worship team, we don't just go, oh, yeah, it's just Sunday morning. No, no, no. Starting this afternoon, we're going to start praying for next Sunday. We're going to start preparing for next Sunday because church is important. See, but church shouldn't just be important to me. Church shouldn't just be important to Pastor Steve and to the leadership team. Church should be important to you. Everybody that's sitting in this chair, you should see and understand and realize how important the church is. How important it is to come into this room together and to worship God. Come into this room together and get into the presence of God. Come in this room together and get into the word of God. It is important. See, but this is what we should expect when we come to church. See, a lot of the times, most of us, or I should say some of us, but probably most of us, we come to church expecting to receive something. Don't you? If you don't expect to receive something when you come to church, my question is, why do you come to church? If you're not expecting to get something, you might as well stay in your bed or go to Cracker Barrel. Don't start thinking about Cracker Barrel just yet. I'll release you at the end. You can go to Cracker Barrel. But I am thinking about their pancakes right now. But see, we got to expect to receive something, and that's good because we want you to come into this place, and we want you to receive something. We want you to receive a word of God. We want you to receive something that God's put in your life. We want you, we want you to come in expecting to receive something, but there's a, another side to the coin, and it deals with your mingle because you should come to the church expecting to give. Come on, y'all are already, I don't even need to preach this. Y'all are already there. But we should walk in the door looking for an opportunity to minister to somebody else. You understand that more ministry happens amongst y'all than happens from the pulpit. That's church. More ministry happens amongst y'all than it happens from the pulpit. Because, see, we are but one man that stands here and preaches. I don't know what all of y'all are going through as individuals. But one of you can go to one of the others and say, hey, are you doing all right? You look different today. You normally come in with a smile, but you don't have a smile. Is everything okay? And you should expect to give something to somebody else. Because people come in expecting to receive something, and they may be waiting on you to give it to them. I'm preaching without even preaching. But we got to come expecting to receive, but we also have to come expecting to give. How many of you have heard the saying that there is power in numbers? Not the book of the Bible numbers, but literally power in numbers. All right? We understand that. Girls, if you're going to go on a run early in the morning, normally you're going to take somebody with you. All right? I'll get more personal. If you're going to go to the bathroom, you're going to take somebody with you. I've tried it. I don't know what it's about. I, 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 I've, I've tried it. Hey, Andrew Ham, let, uh, Seth Nix, let's, let's go to the bathroom together. We stand in there in awkward silence. But for some reason, women like that. We understand that there is power in 
numbers. That verse in Deuteronomy says one man can put a thousand, but two can put 10,000. There is power in numbers. Think if all of us got together, how many we could set a flight. Think of how many souls we could save with all of us. Oh, man. That'd be good. There is power in numbers. See, from the very, 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 very beginning, God looked at man and says, it is not good for man to be alone. It ain't good if you Oklahoma. It ain't good to be alone. God did not create us to be alone. God created us to work together, to connect one to another, to mingle. See, this is what you got to understand, and I see it all over the place. Our society understands this, but the church is behind on it. See, your workplace understands that there's power in numbers and that people work together in a team. So therefore, they take this person from that department and this person from that department and this person from that department, and they put them in a room and say, make a decision because there's power in numbers because it's connected and it works better. See, we understand this in our sports teams. Therefore, we don't just take one really most amazing basketball player in all the world, not LeBron James. I'm talking about Michael Jordan. You don't just take one man and put him out on the basketball court against five people and think that his talent's going to overshadow the other five because five are greater than one. They play five on five. Football, we play 11 on 11. Because it's fair. See, and what you have to understand is that the enemy is not coming against you just one-on-one. He's bringing a fight. He's bringing an army. See, you have to understand that the enemy's plan is to isolate you. That's what he tries to do. He knows that if he can get you isolated, if he can get you to to realize that you are out on an island by yourself, if he can get you there, he understands that and he knows that he has a greater chance of defeating you. So he is constantly trying to isolate you. He is constantly trying to tell you that nobody likes you. He is constantly trying to tell you that you are socially awkward and that nobody's ever going to want to spend time with you so that he can isolate you. He's constantly trying to tell you that you're no good and you're not worth anything so that he can isolate you. Because when he has you isolated, he can double up on you, he can triple up on you, and you don't have anybody to help you. So he tries to isolate us. He tr- Listen, I'll tell you what he really, do, really does in our life, and we think we're doing good. He will make us so busy that we're isolated. We're always around people, but we're never connected to people. He tries to isolate us. That is his whole plan because he understands that we are weak by ourselves. See, in hockey, sorry, I'm talk, talking about sports, but it's just kind of when you watch Sports Center all the time, you think about sports. You relate things to sports. Jesus related things to farming. That's all right. I'm not a farmer. I don't understand it, but I understand some sports. See, in the world of hockey, there is something that is called a power play. A power play happens when the other team's player, one of them, gets a two-minute penalty, and he's got to go into the box, and they don't get to sub somebody in. 
They got to play for two minutes, one man down. It's called a power play for the other team. Because it gives them the advantage. It gives them the upper hand. Let me tell you something. We in our lives, too many times, we put ourselves in the box and give the enemy a power play. Too many times we take our friends and put them in the box and give the enemy a power play. Too many times we take our pastors and we put them in a box, in the penalty box, and we give the enemy a power play in our life. Listen, I'm tired of giving the enemy a power play. I'm tired of watching people give the enemy the power play. I'm tired of watching the enemy stomp all over us when God said we've got the power and we've got the authority to trample on that. But too many times we just lay down and say, okay, have at it. Here's the boxing glove, Satan. Here's my weakness, Satan. And he tears us down. And the reason he's able to do that is because we're not connected. We're not connected to anybody. See, this is where I'm going to talk to you because it is important to understand that the large group, and you guys get that part because you're here. That shelf on the back. Good job. Glad y'all came to church. But listen, there's another thing that's called small groups. We here at Passion Church call them pods, places of discipleship. The motto of pods is life together better. When you spend your life together with somebody, it is better. See, but this is what I know. I know this because of just being on the leadership team. There's a good majority of us that are not a part of any type of small group. We are not in a pod. And I'm not beating you up. I want you to understand the importance of it. Because if I can get you to see how important it is to be connected with other people, then you will do it. See, but our pods are what we created so that ministry one-on-one -on -one could take place. Because ministry one-on-one -on -one is important. Like I said, from the pulpit, I can't address all of y'all's needs. We can go together in a direction. But those of you that have specific needs need one-on-one. -on -one so that I can encourage you one-on-one. -on -one, so that your brother and sister can encourage you one-on-one. -on -one. My wife and I, we, we, we started a small group with our leadership team from the, from the element. And you can ask all of them, I look forward to every other Sunday night when we get together. Number one, because there's food. Say amen. But number two, because when they're in the room, we are more powerful than we are alone. And the 14 of us can go deeper one-on-one -on -one than we can in a room like this. And powerful things happen. In small groups. God shows up in the place. Now listen, I understand that it cost us time. Because it's not just Sunday morning anymore. It's not just Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. But let me tell you adults something. Guess what? On Wednesday nights, you don't have church. Go be a part of a pod. Start your own pod. See, this is the other thing that I'm going to address, and I wanted to push pods in this sermon talking about connected because that's how we connect to each other is pods. 
See, but if all of us in this room try to cram into all the, 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 the pods that we currently have right now, they would all not have room for us. We need some people to step up and say, I'm going to start a pod. Well, Woody, how do I start a pod? What do you like to do? Do you like to cook? Do you like to sew? Do you like to play tennis? Do you like to play basketball? Do you like to play golf? What do you like to do? Find some other people that like to do it too. Start meeting together, hanging out, having that fellowship, and then take 10 or 15 minutes and say, how's everybody doing? How are you doing? How's your life doing? We've got to understand the importance of being connected. Passion Church, I'm going to say it again. We are committed to both large groups, that's this, and small groups, which is the pods. We want to encourage you to be a part of a pod. Ashley, raise your hand. Her parents, Tari and Amy, are over our pods. You should talk with Tari and Amy if you're not in a pod. And you should get involved in a pod. And a pod can be anything that you want to do. And then you can live life connected. You can be connected to somebody else. Are we all on the same page? All right, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach something. I haven't been preaching, okay? I've just been teaching. I know I'm sweating a little bit. You're not supposed to sweat when you teach, but I'm sweating just a little bit because it's hot in here. I've been teaching, but now I'm going to preach to you. Okay, I'm going to get real with you. Okay? The thing that we got to understand in order for us to be connected, we've got to take off the mask. See, we are so good. And I've said this from this pulpit, from this very pulpit. We are so good at hiding from people. We are so good at going into our closet of masks because, see, we have a mask for work. We have a mask for our friends. We have a different mask for our spouse. But we also have one labeled church. And every time we come in this doors, we get that mask off and we put it on. And then we come to church. Oh, man, I'm doing so good. Are you? Man, I'm too blessed, as Pastor Steve says, to be stressed. And we come into, this do into these doors Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We just wear our mask. We pretend that everything's okay. You know how I know that we do that? Because I did it. See, we're trained that you got to fake it till you make it. You just get up and you, and you just dance and you worship and you throw your hands up. And then at some point in time, God's going to heal you. And guess what? It ain't going to happen that way. It's going to happen when you take your mask off. See, you know how I know that we as Christians wear masks? Because no matter what church you go into, most of the churches you go into, you can give an altar call that everybody in the church could answer, and five people will come up front. You can stand up from the pulpit and go, anybody have a need? And four people will raise their hands. I don't know about you, but every day I have a need. I have a need that needs to be met by God. I have a need that can only be met by God. I have problems. I have addictions. I have sin in my life. I need some help. But what we do is we just put the mask on. 
Pretend that everything's okay. See, but to remove the mask, it's difficult because it requires that you come out of hiding and that you make yourself vulnerable. See, we don't like that vulnerable state, especially men. I do not like to expose to people what I struggle with. I do not like to tell you my weakness because I'm a man. And girls, you're so worried, you're so worried about what other people are going to think of you that you won't make yourself vulnerable. We don't make ourselves vulnerable. But we've got to understand that we've got to make ourselves vulnerable. Because when we make ourselves vulnerable, when we bring ourselves to a place of vulnerability, God can move in that place. God can change that area. God can heal that area. But we've got to make ourselves vulnerable. We've got to come in the door and take the mask off. And when somebody asks us how we're doing, we ain't giving them some churchy little answer. We say, no, I ain't doing too good. I'm struggling and I need some help. And we need to find some people that can help us. That's the purpose of this sermon. It's so that we can find some people that can help us. See, let me make myself vulnerable to you. Most of you were here in the beginning of the church, and, some, and, and, and some of you have not. But we started almost five years ago. This fall, Passion Church will be five years old. And I got married in South Carolina. My lovely wife is from South Carolina. I got married in South Carolina. I went on a honeymoon. I came back, and four days later after I got back from my honeymoon, I started the youth ministry at Passion Church. See, but I didn't have my life together. Because I had lived in a place where I had created this fake person. Because I was faking it till I made it. The problem is, is my whole college career, as I studied to be a youth pastor, my, my, my whole life as I knew that God called me to preach from the pulpit, I had created a person that I wanted to be, and I showed that to everybody when I needed to. But inside, I was struggling. Inside, I was hurting. And I was hurting because I had nobody that I was connected to. I had nobody that I, was, that I was in a relationship with that had complete access to my life to go, hey, Woody, what's going on in your life? Oh, not much. Just, uh, life's just good. And they look at me and go, no. What's really going on in your life? But I was faking it till I made it, baby. I came into church, Passion Church. I came into Passion Church every Sunday, and I, pre I pretended that I had the best marriage in the world. I pretended that I didn't have any sin in my life. I pretended that I was this glow-in-the-dark Christian. But let me tell you something. Woody, at that point in time in his life, had to go to Pastor Steve and say, hey, I need some help because I'm so addicted to pornography, I can't even look up. Come on. I'm making myself vulnerable to you. That's where I was. That's the place where I was at. And I had to go to my pastor. I had to get on, basically get on my knees in the spiritual realm and say, Pastor Steve, I struggle with pornography. Will you help me? Understanding 
that I was going into it and the enemy was telling me that he was going to fire me. That I was no longer going to be the youth pastor, that he was going to make me take a break. And I almost didn't do it. And I remember the day that I did it. I was on, we were on our way to Tulsa. I thought this is a great time. We're going to be in a car for an hour and a half. I can find some time to say this. And when I said it to him, my heart was beating a million miles an hour. Pastor Steve said, all right, let's get you some help. He didn't fire me. He didn't be like, you are a terrible youth pastor. No, he said, let's get you some help. See, the enemy will convince us that when we make ourselves vulnerable, that all these people are going to hate us, that they're going to think we're going to hell in a handbasket, that we're not even saved, that we're not going to ever do anything good in our life. But nine times out of ten, now you can confess your sins to somebody and they can treat you that way, but nine times out of ten when you confess your sins to somebody, they're going to wrap you in their arms and say, let's, let's take care of this. Let's get you some help. And I got me some help, but the only way that I got some help is I got some accountability. I got somebody in my life. I got some guys in my life that, that they had all access to my life. See, I also, at that, some, at that same point in time, I struggled with anger so bad that you guys never wanted to see me upset. And I thought I had a handle on my anger. And then I started playing indoor soccer. Danny and Esther can attest to this. Seth Nix can attest to this. I started playing indoor soccer, and I thought, man, I have overcome my anger issues. No, I just had eliminated every possible way to make myself angry. So when I brought those ways back during indoor soccer, I realized, whew, I got a problem. I got a problem. And so you know what I did? I quit soccer. I started playing and I quit soccer and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. Six months went by and I was like, man, babe, can you believe how good my anger is? And right then God corrected me and he said, no, you haven't overcome your anger. You just removed the temptation. You just removed the opportunity for you to become angry. You haven't overcome anything. I was like, no, I have to. And he said, go play soccer. So I went and played soccer. And it was not good. I had veins popping out of my head that I didn't even know was there. While I was yelling at the referee, I had anger problems. See, most of the time what we do is we just turn around, tuck tail, and run from everything. But see, if we understood that if we could connect with some people, then I could walk down this narrow path. God says it's a narrow path. Small is the gate and narrow is the path that leads to heaven. And I can stay on this narrow path when I'm connected with some people. And I got connected with some people. I got connected with a man by the name of John Chastine. I got connected with a man by the name of Jeff Patterson. I got connected with a man by the name of Chad Pugh. And I connected with them and I shared my heart with them. And they knew when I was struggling and they knew that they could pray for me. And they knew that they could call me and go, hey, bro, something's up in your life. What is it? Say, well, I messed up. I need some help. And they'd help me. They'd pray for me. We were connected. But it requires that we make ourselves vulnerable. So, see, what we should do is I should just lay the microphone down on the platform and then say, all right, y'all that want to make yourselves vulnerable, come make yourself vulnerable. 
If we ever did that, there'd be some freedom in the house. I mean, chains would fall off. Because when you reveal what you're struggling with, God can heal it. But when you hide it, he can't touch it. So we got to open ourselves up and make ourselves vulnerable. And we do that through connecting with one another. Bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning, God, that we have got to learn and understand that we have got to be connected. That we cannot fight this fight alone. That you never created us to be an island. You never created us to be on our own, God. But you created us understanding that it is not good for man to be alone. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us to connect with somebody. That you would help us to find that one person that we can connect with. That one person that we can link arms with. And that when they're weak, I'm strong. And when I'm weak, they're strong. So I can help them and they can help me. God, I pray that you would forgive us for any selfishness that we have, God. For only being worried about me. For only coming to church to get what I can get. But God, help us to understand that we come to church to receive, yes. But we should also come to church to give. To give to somebody that needs help. To give to somebody that's got an addiction in their life that's so big that they don't know what to do. That we've got to open up our eyes and see. See through each other's mask, God. <laughs> to see right straight to the heart. to offer a helping hand to offer a helping prayer God let us come looking for areas that we can give in the church looking for people that we can give and God, when we find those areas, I pray that you would help us do what needs to be done, God. In Jesus' name. You know, several weeks ago, Pastor Steve talked to us and preached to us about our availability. That's what this requires. It requires you being available to help somebody else. But it also requires you to seek somebody else when you need help. Don't live on an island. 
Don't live all by yourself. It stinks. Because you just take blow after blow after blow from the enemy. And sooner or later, those blows will overtake you. Soon that thing that you said, oh, it's no big deal. It's such a big deal now that it's affecting your marriage. It's affecting your kids. It's affecting your job. It's affecting every area of your life. See, what you got to understand is that sin is a big deal. And that we got to deal with it in our life. And that nobody in this room can stand up and say, I don't have any sin. Just like when Jesus brought all the people and said, you without sin, throw the first stone. They dropped all their rocks. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We got to connect with some people. We've got to be connected together, one to another. So that you have somebody in your life to say, you know what? I'm struggling. Will you help me? So this is going to be my challenge to you. I understand that on Sunday, nobody likes to cook. Amen? We like Taco Bell. We like chilies. We like whatever you like. Ricky's Taco, Papa Angelo's, whatever. You like them to cook. Can I challenge you to connect with somebody? Tomorrow never comes. You'll say, oh, I'm going to connect with somebody tomorrow. Guess what? You won't. And then you'll say, you'll do it the next day. And guess what? You won't. And then you'll say, hey, I'm actually, I'm going to do it next week. And guess what? You won't. So I'm asking you today. I know it's 1040 in the morning, but I know y'all are hungry because you woke up too late to have breakfast. I understand that. So I know you're hungry, so I know you're about to go eat, okay? And I'm asking you, take somebody with you. Ask another family, Kim and Phil, would you like to go eat with us? I'm not asking you to buy their dinner. They were going to go out to eat. You were going to go out to eat. Let them buy their dinner and you buy your dinner, but connect with somebody. Find a time that you can connect with somebody. If you weren't going to go out to eat or you've got some big family thing, find somebody before you leave today and go, hey, I'd like to connect with you. I know we don't know each other that well. We just say hi to each other and we amen Pastor Steve at the same time during the sermon. So I know we get along together. You wear the same style of clothes as I do. I know that we'll get along together. You look like you're shy, just like I look like I'm shy. I know we're going to get along together. I want to connect with you. I want you to help me, and I want me to help you. And I'm telling you, when we do that, when we understand the power of being connected, God will transform us. Transform us and change us. And it'll, it'll be a good God day. Will you do it? Will you accept the challenge? If you're going to go out to eat, find somebody else that's going to go out to eat. Y'all pay for, pay for your own meals, but go out to eat with somebody and connect with them. Find somebody in this church. See, I understand that it's easy to come in the doors and sit down in your chair and you look around you and you don't know a lot of people. 
I do the same thing. Sometimes I see people and I'm like, I think I know you, but I don't know. So I'm just going to hug you anyways. And then when you look at me like, whoa, I understand. Oh, hi, my name's Woody. <laughs> I hug people. I do. We got to learn that we got to live our life together. It is better that way. Whatever you got to do to live your life together, I challenge you to do it. Danny's coming this morning. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.